Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, nerds, whatever the case may be. It is I, Jay, your host. With me, as always, is not my stalwart companion. No, uh, Chris is actually out saving the world right now. No, with me is Mrs. Jay and the Little Adam. And we are broadcasting from an undisclosed location, getting prepared to ride out Hurricane Matthew. But before we do that, I'd like to present to you part one of Chris and I's coverage of the Melbourne and Toy Comic Con, which was actually last Saturday, October 2nd. We had some great interviews with some artists and vendors. Uh, this is going to be part one. We'll be presenting part two next week. So stay tuned because the Just Us Nerds podcast is just ahead. In a world where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy, Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere ever. The Just Us Nerds podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, nerds, whatever the case may be. This is your host, Jay. With me, as always, my stalwart companion, Christopher. Hiya! And we are broadcasting from the Melbourne Toy and Comic-Con in sunny Melbourne, Florida. It is a beautiful day. There's a lot of people here, man. There's about, like, There's 200 a, people here. a huge turnout. We're going to be broadcasting, well, I guess not broadcasting, we're recording. We're going to be recording all day. Uh, but we're live on the scene. We're live on the scene, so it's it's live to us. Yeah. We're broadcasting live to us. We're going to give you our experiences. So, uh, th- this is really exciting. This is like, this is our first, like, real gig. Yeah, no, it's know? our first con. This is pretty awesome, man. So, we've got, um, you want to talk a little bit about who's here at this, uh, we've got, uh, well, our buddy Chad that we've already spoken to, Chad Thomas, if you guys have heard the interview, our, it was a great friend. interview. It was a lot of fun with him. He was a really nice guy. Really nice guy. Once How about we met him in person. Mr. Jim Fern? Jim Fern, so the, uh, penciler, inker, artist. He's worked with the likes of Marvel and DC with Mr. Mike Horan, creator and writer of the comic book by Blue Juice Comics, Ether and <laughs> Empire. I know. Phrasing? Phrasing. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? We'll just kind of be coming in and out, uh, phrasing, uh, <laughs> as uh, hopefully we interview some passers, passers-by. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll see if we can get one of these guys. They're, they're very busy doing sketches and uh, signing autographs. Making and, money. And, and making money. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a dream come true for me. I mean, this is uh, to, to be counted among the likes of uh, people like this is just uh, is really incredible. So... Um, until you know, Mike comes to, to get us for for the announcements. What um, what, what you've been reading? Have you been you read, reading anything? You know what I've been reading. I'm still stuck on it. You're on a you're on a GI Joe tear. Been on a GI Joe tear, man. What, what what happened? I mean, how did that how did that get started? All right, so your comicsology has a uh, your your the the borrow section. It's it's called Comicsology Unlimited, and if right. you haven't heard of it before, it's kind of neat. You you pay a monthly. It's sort of like Netflix, but for comic books. Well, not even that. It's almost like a library card. Yeah, yeah. So yeah we're just absolutely. renting stuff, and then you can take it and get rid of it and do, and do what you want. So what we did, we started looking through, and I just figured, eh, I want to read something maybe a little different. What do I do? And I decided to look on GI Joe, and I realized they have you know forty to sixty different titles, not copies, 
titles. So Who would have thought? I have just started grabbing them left and right and just started reading them. Uh, one of my favorites, though, that we will talk about is going to be G.I. Joe Origins. And, it, and it, what it is is it's how each member of the team, where they came from previously, what their life was actually like. And then, obviously, by the end, um, they're propositioned by the Joes to come and join the team. How did Shipwreck get his nickname? Did he really wreck a lot of ships? Believe it or not, a lot of them just do with their coding. It's just how it is. But what's kind of neat... Scarlet has nothing to do with the color of her hair. She's actually... I I think that that's what they they did anyway with her. But the thing was, one thing that I don't know if you know this or not, the Joes are considered uh, killed in action. So their real life, they are killed. They are dead. They are no longer a member of society. They're like the A-team. They are. They are are dead to the world. And now they are only under their code names and that's it they're not even allowed to use their real names anymore they're like the men in black before yes. there were men in black yes and that it's, is it's cool. really cool so um, if you do get a chance I, I suggest pick it up look and at it anything you've read so far that sticks out in your mind that you've really enjoyed is it the origins that yeah, you like the, the most the, the G.I. Joe origins so far has been really good another one too that I've been reading is called Snake Eyes okay. Agent of Cobra oh is he going undercover he, n- no he has actually switched sides. Basically, what it has turned into is uh, Storm Shadow ends up getting captured. And the only way that, because he's considered a brother to Snake Eyes, so what yeah, he has to yeah. do, he goes in after him and he becomes a member of Cobra. And it, for some reason, I think... What's the deal with them? Because, yeah, they got did they train together? Are they actually related? They, or are they... they train so much together that they're practically brothers. Um, but, of course, Storm Shadow becoming the evil one, you know, killed their sensei and then... Jerk? Yeah. What a jerk. What a jerk. So, but I, I do recommend. Lately, like I said, the G.I. Joes have just been awesome. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. So. That sounds cool. What about you? You know, I've never really been... It, it's weird, you know, because I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s like yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like we like a lot of the same things. We do. But G.I. Joe, for some reason, I never got into the toys... I would watch the cartoon huh. in the morning. Where you never hit anybody. I ne- right. And and no one ever got killed. Nope. It was like it was like I, I remember it's funny as I would complain about it all the time that they're fighting a war yet no one ever seems to die. Yet every morning I remember getting ready for school, I would always watch G.I. Joe. So you mean it was kind of political where they say that they keep fighting a war that no one can win? Exactly. Doing political allegory in an 80s cartoon. Who, who would have thought? No, that was a walking, talking toy commercial. That's what that was. And I had everything. I loved it. You, you know, um, you know, I'm a big Transformers fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the closest I ever got into it was probably... The most I got into G.I. Joe in comic book form was, was when, the they crossover. Did, when they did the crossover. You yeah, know what's funny? Yeah. It's, it's funny to me. Like, for me, I used to watch... Or I used to love the toys of the Transformers. I'd watch them, but I actually found it kind of boring. Oh, really? I did. You found Transformers? I did. Well, and you know what's the other thing, too? The, two, the three people that they save in this world, they have, you know, the, the, the kid and then his dad and... Spike. Yeah, yeah you had Spike and Buster and... Uh, I wanted one of the Decepticons to step on them so <laughs> bad. Just bang! Well, now what? Take that, you little creep. Puny little fleshling. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know... You, 
there's definitely the phenomenon of rose-colored glasses yeah. because oh, you go it's back and you, you, you I go back and I watch an episode of Transformers now and I'm like, wow, this, this is really bad. This sucks. <laughs> like this. Is, why did I like this so much? You know what I think it is is that. The Transformers, the animated movie, was so awesome. Oh my god! Because they you killed got off. The like, oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. And and so I think kind of like by by uh, I don't know by association because the animated movie was so awesome. Yes. It cast sort of a uh, 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 I don't know what not a shadow but sort of by association the rest of the series became cooler. Yep. That was another show like on on uh, Transformers. Nobody would ever die. And we are joined by correspondent Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, how we doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. So happy you could be here with us no, today. this is so awesome. This is fantastic. Uh, um, see, there was another cartoon that I was trying to find, and it was like the most stupidest cartoon I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? I watch it religiously. Don't, don't, say, don't say snorks. No, don't no, say snorks. no, no. Okay. It's, it's not the snorks. It was about, it was like Food Force or something like that. And they were food... But they were like commandos. I think I know what you're it talking about. It was like about. the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, but, my God. But do you know who had all their figures? Me. You know what? I, I almost... Same thing. It's like I was tempted as a child to get those toys, and I was like, no, I can't I can't do that. I, can't, I draw the line at animate food. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get <laughs> you know, trucks that turn into robots, but I draw the line at animate food. Yeah. I remember exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. about. You know what? If you're, if you're listening out there in podcast land and you should happen to know what the name of that show is, mm-hmm. why don't you drop us a line, let us know on our Facebook page, email us at, at justusnerdspc at gmail.com, uh, send us a message on our SoundCloud, send us a message on our Instagram um, seen a lot of colorful characters. I love this steampunk. It, I think he, he resembles to me sort of a steampunk punk rocketeer. No, uh, I was, you know, I actually had the joke. I told Gwen, I was like, you know, I want to do a steampunk rocketeer because he's got the he's, he's got, got a jetpack. He's got the jetpack. Yeah. Um, very interesting. So it's, it's pretty awesome. While, man. while we're waiting, some more. Uh, what, what have I been reading a lot of? Yeah, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do more of a, a full show on this because I think it's just so great. But I've, I've actually been reading a lot of Wonder Woman. I've been reading a lot of, of Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman, and that's crazy because we're not big Wonder Woman fans. So it's kind of sucked you in. You know, it, it really has sucked me in, and it's like you know. I I like what he's doing with the character. Wonder Woman's one of those characters that I feel has never truly ever been handled properly. No, I agree with and, you. And so it's interesting too that you have a male writer. Now, you know, here I am. I'm a man talking about a female character written by a male writer. So I'd be interested to hear, you know, what what other, you know, other, uh, you know, women. Uh, fans out there uh, think about Greg Rucka's run, but I really like it. it here's what they're doing with the story. They're splitting it between present day mm-hmm. and doing sort of a Wonder Woman year one. What year is it? No, no, no. no. I mean, they're, they're doing... like No, I know. But is it present day? So are they doing yeah, flashbacks yeah, 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 yeah. They're, do- they're doing flashbacks. They're, so how far are they going? Um, so I don't think it takes place like during like uh, the, the movie modern, okay. modern modern times because the movie's taking place in World War One. Yeah, yeah. This is this is not during. So Steve Trevor is more of a, a soldier. I'm judging by his dress. Uh, it, it is set more in contemporary times. Oh, okay. But they do does he have a decent role in this, or is he just like a sidebot? He he does, no no no. I mean he is he is like kind of like two, he is the in in, a, in some ways like so is well like like. 
like he is a cross between like Robin and Lois Lane. Sort oh, of. nice. He, he is like to Wonder Woman what, what Lois Lane is to So to what Superman. do you like about this? I like that, and I, I wish I had my notes in front of me, so I'm just I'm going to wing it. I don't it know, spitball what you got. Yeah, um, you get kind of a nice explanation, first of all, of the Wonder Woman mythos and what she represents. Wonder Woman's one of those characters that, for me, has always been so confusing. Yeah. Because she's an emissary for peace, yet she carries a big sword. And she'll crack, this, crack her skull. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Depending on the artist, either she flies an invisible plane, or she actually just flies. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're reconciling all of that that stuff. So, one of the things I like about it is they're they're trying to present Wonder Woman in just a very cohesive narrative that makes sense. So, so this is this is Rucka's take on Wonder Woman. She's a warrior. She's someone who actually she is actually used more as an allegory of America, America. which I think is America, yeah. America, which is I think what, what what America could be. You know, you know, traditionally that's always been kind of Superman's domain. Yeah, yeah. Kind no. The, the, the metaphor for truth, justice in the American way. But but Wonder Woman, actually, I think Greg Ruck is trying to portray her more as a metaphor for America. Get, get, get this right. So she's she's a warrior. She can fight. She can handle herself. She is she is someone who does not seek battle. But, but if but, one is approached upon, she will destroy and conquer. And That's the, my kind of person. After the soldiers crash land on Paradise Island, the Amazons are sifting through all of their gear. And Queen Hippolyta is looking at the patch that all of the insignia, the U.S. Navy, right? And she makes she notices that it has an eagle, and he's clutching the spear of Poseidon and and a gun, and he has his head turned down. And there's this great line that she has. I mean, it's a seal. Yeah, yeah, there there are seals, and um, she she makes this great observation of. Notice how the eagle's head is turned down as one who, but, but he's clutching the weapons as the one who would not seek battle, but will not run from it if, if encounters it. And that, I thought, just what a great way That's to... That's a good motto. That's almost kung fu, you notice that? It, it is, it so, is. David Carradine, you know, it's, it's to walk through life trying to search for you you know, his family and, and faith. And you don't seek conflict, but you don't back down from it right. when, when you see... when. when when force must be met with force, you don't. Or like Angela Lansbury, you know, she oh, didn't expect people to die, but no. everywhere she went, she didn't want people to die. But everywhere she went, but if they died, you she bet she's, she's going into mystery solving do you, mode. Do you know my still my theory with her? I like I'm how you worked. I like how you worked Angela Lansbury like that? into that. That was, that was good. Do you, do you know my, my theory with her? With Wonder Woman with, or with no, Angela Lansbury? Angela Lansbury. Like as as I think I know she wrote. She she was really the one killing all the people. She was the angel of death, like the actual <laughs> angel of death. But why did she have to so- I'll buy that, but why did she have to solve the mysteries after she Oh she needed to pin it on other people. Oh, oh, because she was there, like she would touch them when they died, but they she already knew who was murdering them. You know, I had the same thought, Chris, because everywhere or Columbo for that matter. Or Let me ask you one more question. One more one more thing. I got one more question. He, see he acts dumb, but he's really not. <laughs> right. Indeed. Um, so yeah, if, if you haven't picked up Wonder Woman, it's a it's a great book. I, I would really I really recommend it. Uh, it's a it's a great if 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 that's a character that you've never looked at before, uh, it, it's 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 worth a look now. And the the writing is really good. And you know what they're doing on the book, which is really cool, huh. is they have a different artist. 
for depending on which story they're telling. Oh, that's kind of neat. So when it's in the present, they have one artist, and then when it's in the past, they have a different artist. Oh, so that's neat. It's a different genre. I, mean, I like it's that. It's really cool. It's really cool. So, so that's what I've been reading. I, I, I highly recommend that. We are proud and honored to be joined by Mr. Mike Horan, who is the creator and writer of the Blue Juice comic books, uh, Ether and Empire. So, um, Mike, first of all, thank you very yeah, much. Thank for, you so much for yeah, being I willing time to, to sit down and talk with us on our, on our podcast. Pleasure to be here. Uh, well, please tell us about this book because uh, you, you pitched the concept to us. My my buddy Chris was immediately like on I told board. You, I almost threw money at you. I literally was like, yeah, "Here, take it." Uh, well, the book is Ether and Empire. It is a Victorian-era science fiction space adventure story. Um, it's, we like to call it Jules Verne meets Star Trek. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I said. That was it. I'm told. That was it right there. That's, that is exactly what I want. Now, let, let, let's back up a little bit here, okay? Because I, I, you know, first of all, you, sir, are living the dream that all of us comic nerds have. Congratulations. You are, I mean, no, you are adding You are adding some a spoke on the wheel. I mean, we, we're all here today because we, we love this, this, you know, this thing, this comic book fantasy sort of sort of thing that we all, all love, and you are actually contributing to that. So, I mean, that that's amazing. Would you, I mean, would, would you consider yourself a geek? Are you, do you, is that a label you would apply to yourself? Absolutely. I don't think you get, you, you, don't, you don't get to be where I'm sitting without being a geek. You All right. one first. <laughs> so what, what were your influences? What, because I want to know kind of what was, what was some of what, you know, this is your end point. This is where you are now, you know, with Ether and Empire. Let's, let's go back to where it started. What what were your early influences? I mean, I was lucky enough to grow up in the 80s. Yes. Right. So, you know, my, on. my influences are Star Wars and Indiana Jones. All right. And All right. This guy. This guy here. <laughs> and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've branched out a little bit. Ether um, Empire has a lot of different influences. Um, again, you know, the, the, space, the epic space stories from, from the, you know, the 80s. And a lot of... A lot of newer stuff, newer influences on me, like um, British colonialism, like far-flung stories like like Zulu, yeah, and yeah. feathers and things like that. And there's a lot of that sort of romanticism in Ether Empire. Okay, all right, all right. Sort of uh, like uh, not Horatio Hornblower, uh, maybe a little Pride and Prejudice in space, or maybe a little more uh, Horatio Hornblower in more space. Horatio Hornblower. More Horatio Hornblower. <laughs> well, we have some female Crazy. fans out there. I mean, Crazy. they like Pride and Prejudice. I myself am a big fan of. Uh, what? You're a big old Hornblower, aren't what, you? What, what's his name? Uh, uh, <laughs> not uh, not Hugh. The, the, the other guy. They got Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Ah, I, I, I myself am a big Colin Firth fan. Um, so, uh, you know, how, how how do you get to this point? What was your kind of what was your break or your entry point into comic books? Well, Ether and Empire actually started as a screenplay that I wrote in, in 2010, and then it sat on a shelf for a couple of years until the guys at Blue Juice Comics got a hold of it. And um, how did that happen? I've done it for a while. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of curious, like, you know, just slip it under the door, and you're like, please, please, Mike's me. breaking into this their house, slipping <laughs> it. They wake up, there's a copy of it Underneath under the pillow. The pillow. The script this? fairy came by, and <laughs> apparently... This story isn't entirely without nepotism. <laughs> so, it's all right. That's okay. Yeah, so they, they loved it. They thought it would be great for... Um, they thought it would translate well into, into comics. Um, it was supposed to be the first of three. So we do have two more story arcs that um, we're eventually going to... 
try and get to, but... Um, See, now the terrible thing is, is I'm going to read this, I'm going to love it, and then he's just going to get harassing emails. Come on, dude, seriously, where's the rest of it? You're on issue six, you said. Issue six just came out. Ah, oh, that's okay. fantastic. Okay, yeah, that wraps up the first story arc. Okay. Um, and... Yeah. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> f- f- fantastic. Yeah, your, your artist, you mentioned that you had an artist who's worked on, what was it you said uh, previously on Superman? Or? The, the artist is Bong Tai Daza. Um, he's been he's been working since 1988. He's, wow! I, I actually got to meet him. He's a big crotchety old Filipino guy. All right. Kinda, he wears a, a that's cruddy, on his resume. A cruddy hat and a big flannel shirt. He looks like Quint from Jaws, but <laughs> but from the Philippines. I'll, <laughs> I'll draw your comic book, but it's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> You're not going to like it. So yeah, he's done. Uh, he's done Deadpool. He's done Flash, Superman. He's doing Superman right now. I think. Wow. Um, X Men. He's he's been around the block. I, I, many I have. Of times. I, I have to ask. I mean, this is this is something basically Ether and Empire. This is something that germinated in your brain, and now it's it's out there. I mean, it's out there for public consumption. What is good. what is that like? I mean, what is that? Yeah, like literally to hold your baby in your hand. Oh, you know? I, I mean, I was giddy like a schoolgirl when I first got to hold that first issue. Oh, that's so that cool. had to be an amazing. Feeling. It was a lot of a lot of time and effort went into it, and um, to be able to finally see it was was great. It's the first thing I've ever actually published. I mean, I've been writing terribly since high school. <laughs> good and, you. you know, I've gotten better. This is the first thing that actually became something. This is the first one that hit the bump, Good huh? for you. Good for you. Well, you know what? That's all that matters is you, you hit you hit that one. And, and I find that you know, as, a, as, a, as a writer and when, and when you're creating things, you, you learn things from every outing. When you're, you're, you're trying something, you see what works, what didn't work. And sometimes, even the things like, even like with us doing the show, some of the things that are hilarious to us aren't always uh, they, funny they are not to funny. everyone else. Let's be honest, dude. Half the stuff we say is not as funny as we think it is. 75% of the we, things we say. We think we're hilarious. I, I think I'm really funny. but We think we're hilarious. But then like we'll listen to it and I'm like, oh, God, that was but, terrible. But no, seriously, congratulations no. to you on your success with this. It's an amazing thing to create something and then to see it out there just for, for the world, really, to just share it with everyone else. Thank you so much. Where where can people find this? Can you... Uh, where, where we can they are, find Ether and Empire? Ether and Empire is available in comic book stores worldwide. Okay. We're available on Comixology okay. and Amazon. All right. Fantastic. So when you get the chance, bring money. <laughs> um, and um, do you... Oh, man, I had a really good question. And, then and, I did, you lost it. and it's gone. Wheels turning, but the hamster died. Okay. okay. So who are your uh, influences? What, what artists are the ones that you kind of looked at and went, wow, that's really good? Or like your writers that you looked at and you were like... That's, that's an easy question. I'm such a terrible artist myself all of Yes. <laughs> See I this love guy. Drawing stick figures. And this is my kind of guy. But like, literally, like when you saw the writing styles, what, what was something that you went, "Wow!" Like who do you, who do you read? Yeah. Who do, who do you read? Um, I read Rob Guillory. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all right. You too. <laughs> he's gonna hear this. And he's gonna think I'm a dork because I was just talking to him earlier. He's easily one of my favorite artists. Did you have really? to hide the gush? Really? Yes. You're like, <gasps> I did. It, I did it terribly. I did it terribly. That's all right. We we just find it that it's kind of our shtick. Like we'll just walk over and just gush. And they're like, like, oh, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not as bad as Wayne's World dropping down our knees and bowing, but I mean, we're, we're like, we're such big fans. You know, it does take a lot of willpower on our part. So we start with the process with it's tough. I try not to gush, and then I just gush. I'm like, you know, it starts with with all due respect, and then you can say whatever you want. 
That's the rules. Yeah, it is. There's there's rules in that. Well, um, Mike. Uh, oh, now I remember. The question came back ah! to me. Uh, do you have a web presence? Do you uh, uh, Facebook uh, or, fa- Facebook or for the for the comic book? Uh, we do have a Facebook page for Ethan Empire. Okay. And there's also the publisher is BlueJuiceComics.com. Hello again. Okay. And you can find us there. All right, fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Really, real real pleasure. Congratulations to you on your success into the book. Thank you for joining us here today for the uh, convention. Fantastic. All right, right, June Squad. That is it for this episode of the Just Us Nerds podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with part two of our coverage of the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. That actually is going to include a great interview we did with uh, our, our new friend, Mr. Jim Fern. He is a very talented artist who has worked for both Marvel and DC. We're going to be hearing about his experiences as a comic book artist and his thoughts about the, the, the golden age of comic books that we seem to be in. We're also going to be talking with Pete Pappas of Vieira Comics and Rick Shea uh, of Famous Faces and Funnies. We're going to be getting their thoughts on what are some of the latest trends and uh, stories in comic books, all right? If you happen to be a friend in the Melbourne or Brevard area, don't let Matthew get you down. I have a feeling that everything's going to be all right, all right, all right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.